Welcome to the NAS Podcast. You are listening to part two of Pastor Dale's discussion of evangelism with our guest, John Ransom of Search National. Well, hello, and welcome back to the what we're calling right now the NAS No Name Podcast, um, because we don't have a name for it yet, so we're having fun. Um, in our first uh, time together, we talked with John Ransom of Search National, and uh, John's back with us again today. Uh, where we will be talking about two two major topics. The first one will be kind of like, how do I overcome some of the fears that I have of sharing my faith? And another one will be uh, an even more fearful thing. How do I share that with my family? How do I share you know, with family members or people that have been a part of the faith and wandered away um, from Christ? So John, thank you again so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here with us and help us help people in our congregation and people that are listening take their, take their next step in learning how to share their faith, or people just listening, understanding a little bit more about faith. So talk to me a little bit about this fear that we all have. You've, you've talked, we talked a little bit about it last time, but not quite as much. We didn't expand on that. How do we help people overcome the fear factor? Yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Dale. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody has it. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't. And so it, it, I, I think when it comes to evangelism the word just scares everybody um but i think it's because we are we we segment our life in that way so so we're okay with talking about work because we've put a lot of attention to it right, right. We, we've studied we've maybe even went to college and have a degree and around that right so we've, we've been trained in that and i love what you guys have actually been starting to do at the beginning of the year with mm-hmm. with having everybody read the Bible or at least listen to it. Yeah. Right. And go through it in a year because it gives, that's where the power is. Right. right. And that's what, what the Holy spirit can then bring back to remembrance. And, um, it's really what the disciples, right. That's what empowered them with the Holy spirit right. of the word and, and a reminder of who Jesus was. And so this fear, I think grips everybody when it comes to, um, evangelism, the word evangelism, so what I like to do is is uh, I, I like to break that and and let everybody know everybody has the same fear. Right. The only way to get over a fear is actually to do, to try it. Yeah. Right. I mean, in anything. So when you try about anything, so I I usually will start with some kind of fun exercise of something that you might be afraid of. Right. So yeah. what what was your what was your biggest fear that you had to overcome? Um, I would say probably. I'm a people pleaser. I like to make people happy. Mine's the fear of rejection. I don't mm. want to be rejected. I don't want people saying no, that embarrassment, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the major barriers why we don't share, right? And right. so we nobody likes to be rejected. I was just actually in a group uh, this morning, actually, we were talking about in John 15, where Jesus says, the world will reject yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks terrible, for that. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, no. Nobody likes to feel rejected. We hmm. want to be pursued. And so that's a that's a barrier of a fear or, or why we don't step out. But one of the, one of the practices I, I like to take people through is is what we call common ground, right? We we focus a lot on four different areas uh, uh, around a common ground, and those four areas we're going to touch on one of those with family. But if you made a quadrant, so to speak, and in 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 the left corner you could put family, right? Geogra- mm-hmm. geographical, um, or, or family, um, then you could put geographical or neighbor in the other 
corner, mm-hmm. right? And then in the bottom left, you, you could put recreation or things that you're interested in. And, the, and then in the, the, the other bottom quarter, you have uh, your, your business, right? Your work. Yeah. And so in those four areas, just when you write those down, do any names come to mind um, that maybe you don't know where they are in their spiritual walk? Yeah, that would be that. That encompasses every bit of my life. I mean, that those four quadrants hit that area. So as I think through that, I would think through um, at work. Most of the people I work with are Christians. <laughs> and, you know, I work here at the church, um, so I've purposefully gotten involved in things out in the community mm-hmm. so that I could be around non Christians. <laughs> um, so for me, part of that's the why. I go to the why and work out, and uh, not as much as I should. Um, I'm on the board there at the Y and have friends there at the Y. So that becomes a great place for me to meet people. Uh, the church parsonage is on the church property, but I back right up to a neighborhood, and there are uh, six houses uh, that are kind of, even though they're not in my neighborhood, they are. So we're backyard neighbors, and uh, we get to talk, and I've gotten to know most of them, but that's the area where I feel like um, I need to. Yeah, that's where God, those are the two main areas God has laid on my mm-hmm. heart. Uh, one of them's been where I go and do recreation and stuff. The other one's right there in my own backyard. Um, how am I being more open to having the conversation with people? We've gotten to know each other. We talk a little bit, um, but I'm often hesitant because I'm a pastor. You'd think I would share even more, but a lot of times I know it seems like for a long time people had their guard up waiting for me to drop the bomb, and so I purposely haven't, but I think now we've become enough friends that I can share a little bit more. Yeah, I. so so I, I'm in the same same place. Yeah. <laughs> so in my four areas, right? So so because I'm a part of a ministry, the people I associate or yeah. work with, they're all Christians, right? And so my business, place of business necessarily doesn't have, uh, I know where they are in their spiritual journey, right? But it's those other three areas, family. I have some people uh, in my family um, that we're going to talk about, but, but those other two of interest I, 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 there's one that I lean towards in neighborhood. There's one that I lean towards more than the other. Um, I, I tell myself, get to know your neighbors. Yeah. But if I'm honest, pastor, I, <laughs> I, I'm gone all the time. Right. Right. So I'm, 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 I'm out and about. I'm meeting with people. I work and, and a lot of the stuff I do is up North. And so I'm not around my neighbors. When I come home, I want to spend time with my family, right. you know, that's me. So yeah. I, so I, I struggle, um, if I'm honest with, with really, if I was going to say, where's the area you don't really evangelize a whole lot. I would just say my, my neighborhood, neighborhood. Yeah. right? But you should, yes, I should. Uh, yeah. but, but starting, I think one of the things uh, when we talked about last time is just small steps, right? Just start small. And so I, I like to, uh, encourage people to think about one person. So we call it "Who's Your One." So if 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 you could just pick one person that 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 you could say, "Man, I'm gonna pray for," I'm gonna be vigilant about um, uh, setting time for, of meeting with, having conversation with one person. Uh, I naturally gravitate towards sports mm-hmm. activities, and so those one one people for me, uh, obviously my my. Uh, business, so to speak, what I do as an occupation is meeting with non-believers. So I have, a, you have lots uh, of ones. I have a lot of ones, <laughs> uh, more than the normal. But, right. but there are almost like Jesus. I have three guys 
that are on that inner circle. Yeah, I was about to say, I've not even, I've not known you that long and I know what you do for a living, but there's a few people that you've talked to me about specifically. Yeah. This person, this person, this person. I keep hearing about those people. So it's obvious you've got people you've even zeroed in on that I would say it almost like they're not your job, they're your personal life. That's personal to you. Yeah, so so we have common ground interests, right? So it, so those conversations aren't hard to have. They're not hard to, to strike up. If I make a phone call, they they're not going. Oh, he wants to talk about yeah. Jesus again, right? <laughs> it's 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 just normal, right? I'm we're just built that relationship, and so uh, that's where I would start when we think about evangelism. I would start. You're making your four quadrants. And what in those four quadrants that you just, we call natural network, that you don't have to work towards, right? You don't have to work for. It's not a struggle. Because if we're honest, when we think about adding something to our plate, like evangelism, it's probably going to be on the back burner, mm-hmm. right? It, it's something we want to do, yeah, but it's not something we're going to proactively do. Yeah, it's not a felt need. I don't feel like I need to do it. It's I know I'm supposed to but it's not a need. I don't have a sense that if I don't do it, I'm going to feel unfulfilled. Yeah. And then, and then you add in the barriers and the fears yeah. and all that. So, so we typically don't, but, but I, I like to encourage people to focus on one, you know, it may be more than one, but it might be just one. And so, uh, make the quadrant of, of the four areas. And then what do you naturally kind of, maybe you have a really good relationship with somebody at work and mm-hmm. you don't know where they are spiritually, uh, you know, go to coffee with them. Uh, ha- have opportunities, which is a little bit harder now and during COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. To find those opportunities, but 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 zero in on one person. That makes um, a ton of sense. So if people, if you're at home right now, find a piece of paper and do that. Just draw your four quadrants um, and remind us remind us again of each of the four, John, so people can write that down. So you you could just put family, family, uh, business, business, neighborhood, neighborhood, and and interests, interests, or common interests, recreation. recreation, that kind of stuff. So put your four quadrants down, and then if somebody jumps out, write their name in that quadrant and make that your one person you start you start praying for. Because I think for me, when I hear evangelism, the first thing that pops in my head is, well, that person that really doesn't know God, and I probably don't even really know them, and I'm going to go share with them. And then I hear you talking about relationship, and I have no relationship with that person at all. You just helped me find a quadrant that where I know these people already. So there's already common ground. So I know with, with some of our fears, there's the fear of talking to people I don't know and will they reject me? Uh, finding common ground makes it a whole lot more simple uh, to think about. I already have relationships, so just let it grow out of the relationship. What do I do? We said we we're going to talk a little bit about sharing with our family. What do I do with someone who's like smack dab in the middle of this quadrant? It's, it's my own family member and it's as much as I'm scared to share with people that I don't know, sometimes it's even more scary to share with people that I either know them too well or they know me too well. Um, how do we how do we overcome those fears talking to our family? Yeah, I think that's the biggest fear. Yeah. Right? Even Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he said he, he left his home, home, right? Yeah. So he couldn't even minister in his hometown. And his brothers hated him, right? And yeah. They didn't love him. and. And so I, I do think there's this tension when it comes to family as maybe being the hardest. Um, so it's be, uh, partly because they know us so well, right? And we know them. And so how do you break down some of those barriers? I, or again, I, I think Jesus 
and Paul and some of these guys, uh, the relational approach is is what we've been talking about. So you can do the proclamation approach. Well, this is what the Bible says, and yeah, we can yeah. write. I'm yeah. going to proclaim it to you. This is truth. Get it in your yeah. head, right? And um, and if you are a parent of kids and they get to the teenage year where they start wanting yeah. to make their own decisions and push away a little bit, and you're trying to make them do things. I don't know about you, Pastor, but oh, yeah. it's not gone very well for me yeah. when I try to make my... Especially as I've do. already taught them what's right. Why don't you just do what I've already taught you? <laughs> Good right. grief. Yeah. That's right. I've already told you this. You must not have understood. Let me tell you again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of those conversations, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so that can be difficult, right? And, and then the confrontation, it ends up confrontational, right? They yeah. don't want to hear it. They've tuned you out. And so the family, I think, really is the relational piece. It really takes some time. It takes authentic, um, relational, really caring, and and it's really not. It, you have to be really intentional not to try and feel like you're selling something to them. So, in in the midst of that, as I'm as I'm having conversation with people, I know with family members, I mentioned mentioned it a moment ago. It's I already have a relationship with them. Um, sometimes it's not just even mother to father relationship or mother mother or father to their children or grandparents trying to talk to kids um but what do i do with like my cousins or people that i'm close with um where when we were in high school you know to be honest i've heard people talk about in their lives things they were doing where you know we did stuff that wasn't really good and and they know me and the the best part about them is they know me and the worst part about them is they know me and so as you try to share faith there's almost a sense within me of saying oh it's no use because they're not going to listen because of what i used to be like or um it could be that um they've already said that to you quit talking to me because you know i know you you weren't that way how does our how does sharing our faith or our story play into that with our with our relatives um could it be that sometimes it's probably not going to be our place to share with our relative is that dare i step on that ground i i I think i think jesus saw that right um i i think you got to saturate it in prayer in the Mm -hmm. holy spirit i think the first first thing is identifying because every relationship is different so so it could be a husband and wife right i i know i have people that that the wife or the husband goes to church and the, and the other doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so you got this conflict. Or maybe they got married before they were believers, right? One was a Christian, one, one so a different faith background even, right? Yeah. So one yeah. Catholic and one Protestant. So, you know, you, you have those dynamics. And so I think every situation is, is a little bit different that the first thing has to be saturated in prayer. Uh, before you you go into anything, um, there again, I, I think our natural thing is we're going to share the gospel, and we think evangelism is about like I've got to tell you something, but evangelism is no different than than uh, the relationship you and I have. Is there's a time to talk and there's a time to listen, right? Right, and so um, a lot of listening happens in in the relationship with a family member. The other thing, there's two things I, I try to encourage people to to really nail down when we think about sharing our faith with someone, no matter especially family members, is they they know you, yeah, right. You can't you can't tell them something <laughs> they don't know. So own up to it, right? 
And we call this our one-pager. So we encourage people to to write out their testimony, so to speak, in a one-page style where, where you can share it in, in less than three minutes, right? People people like things fast anymore, and they don't want to hear long stories and but but so so we encourage people to to really break down their their story in three things. It's before you came to Christ, right? Who were you before you came to Christ? Right. What 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 emptiness, so to speak? And family members know what that is, right? Uh, I know yeah. for me, I was the kid that rebelled. I didn't like to be told or put in a box. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest, and I was wild, and I wanted to do what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. right? And mom said, this is how it was, and I was like, no, you know? So so for me, part of my testimony, so to speak, my one-pager is before Christ was rebellion, mm -hmm. right? Not submission in my life, and, and so laying that out to the place. What, what, what was your conversion moment, right? What brought you to the place where you... You said, okay, this old, this other life, this before Christ life, I, I need to, I, there's something empty, similar to right. uh, some of the gentlemen that you've shared with, right? It, yeah. It's like, I'm missing, I have this God-shaped hole that I'm missing that it needs filled and everything I've tried hasn't filled, filled right. it. So what is that? And then what has God, what, what transformation has happened in your life? So it's those three things on one page. That's hard to do for yeah, some yeah, people, yeah. right? But if you can put that down and really know, you can really share your faith with others in a, in a very uh, concise yeah. and, and meaningful way. And even your family members of saying, you know, I recognize I've made mistakes. So a lot of times it starts with forgiveness, right? Right. So that, yeah, I've told people that we call it our elevator conversation. If you're going to have the conversation on the elevator where when the person gets off, they say, hey, I want to hear more. Then you share more with them later. But at that time, you just got to get it in in mm. two minutes. You know, get it one page of paper. Um, what was my life like? How did God change me? What am I like now? Um, what, if you've, what if you've had a bunch of those? You've been that way a lot. And your family's going, yeah, again? Yeah, you're going to be this way again? How do, we, how do we overcome that? You mentioned own it, share it. Um, so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to kind of answer my question and tell me if this is right or wrong. Um, I know one of the biggest things for me that I found that melts people in relationship is when, if I know I've done something wrong, to admit it up front and just say, look, I know this is what's going on. I know this is what I've done to you, and I need to ask your forgiveness. Um Beyond that, I don't even try to share my faith or tell them where they need to go or what's going on or what they need to do. At that moment of saying, "I did," they know what you did. Mm. They're probably holding it against you. And simply doing that, not offering anything else, opens up the door for them to go, something's different. Mm. Um, is that, does that make sense? Because I know for some people that's hard. I don't, I don't want to say I was wrong. I don't want to say I'm sorry, especially with this family member because you don't know what they did to me. Um, but you're right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to know, but I do know this helps. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I think about some of Jesus's approaches, right? Mm -hmm. So he he had people. He didn't have to say he was sorry about anything, right? Right. So, yeah. But he had he had people that that came to him, the 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 adulterous woman, right? Yeah. And uh, he could have let him the, the the people stone her, yeah. right? But he showed compassion on her, right? And he said, "Your sins are forgiven. Go and." Send no more, Send no more yeah. right? Uh, the woman at the well came to the well, right? And she's 
obviously living with someone that's not her husband along with six others, right? And right so, yeah. so he didn't condemn her, right? He didn't try and change her. He showed mercy and compassion. And, and so I think what you're saying is very much uh, the approach I think we have to go with when it comes to family members is, is a, a meekness approach of um, is sharing. Uh, it, sometimes it's not sharing our faith. Right. It's actually um, the the Holy Spirit changing us and us allowing it to reveal the change in us. So as we as we write out our testimony, um, we've already got common ground with our family. Um, we've already acknowledged sometimes that common ground is very rocky, and sometimes it's rocky because we've thrown rocks in the mix. Um, Sometimes I've watched people go to speak to their family member that needs to get saved, and they go to that family member because that family member has done something bad to them, mm-hmm. and they not only want that person to get saved, but they're hoping when that person gets saved, they'll ask for forgiveness for what they've done <laughs> to them. And and we, we go in at times even with motives of um, wanting to get what we need out of it mm-hmm. rather than trying to help them take their next steps. How do you keep people focused on um, that side of things, that we're, we're dealing with helping this loved one, this person, this friend who may have wandered from God, take their next steps toward Christ, and that in that moment, it's not about you, it's about them. How do you help people yeah. overcome that? I, I, th- I think y- what, what you're describing is the hardest thing for us when it comes to a family member because we're emotionally attached. Right. Right, so our zeal for them to to have a life change sometimes impacts um, and, and motivates us to to a place where it pushes them away. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I what this is a difficult thing when it comes to a family. I, I what I've I'll just share my story. Mm-hmm. So my mom, when I uh, a senior in high school, I said, you know what, I don't, religion, God, I don't want anything to do with him. I moved out. But I had to move out into an apartment. I had to have a job. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom tried to, she's going to hate this, but <laughs> she tried to get me fired from my job. She didn't want me to have that job because if she could take the income away, I had to move back home. Right. Right? And so... So her zeal for me to, to, and her love for me to come and, and for her to protect me and, and to help God yeah. right, guide me um, actually pushed me further away from my mom because I found that out. And so I think one of the hardest things when it comes to our, our relationship family uh, so to speak, is sometimes our love and zeal and emotion can get in the way and become the barrier that we actually are not the ones that that um, the Holy Spirit's going to use to lead those people to the Lord. So how do you, how do you talk to people about that? How do we number one check ourselves um, to to make sure? I was I was going to mention earlier when I go um, to talk to people about stuff. Um, there's lots of times someone say, why don't you go talk to them about this? Um, did you notice they've done this? Yes. Why haven't you gone and talked to them? <laughs> so because Jesus said, um, before you go remove the speck out of somebody else's eye, remove the plank of your own from your own. And so I will go and pray because in Galatians chapter six, it says, hey, if you want to go restore a brother, if he's committed sin, first 
check yourself and be careful that you too don't fall into that same sin. So I go off and I'm praying, okay, God, this is going on in their life. God, if there's something in me, inevitably, God will show me something in my life that is very similar to what it's not, it may not be the same thing. And I've tried arguing with God. Well, it's not the same thing. You know, I'm not that bad. God's going, but you just asked me to show you if there's something in you. And so I'm just showing you what's in you. Well, I guess I did pray that prayer. You know, okay, what do you, what do you want me to do, God? So, so quite often I said, what I'm doing right now is I'm working with how am I allowing God mm-hmm. to work in me to fix this before I go talk to them. And there's been moments where God says, you, you don't need to be the one to talk to them. Somebody else will. Um, or they're not, sometimes it's even, they're not ready yet. Um, God knows when they're ready. The Holy Spirit knows when they're ready. But sometimes we get so caught up because you said we're emotionally attached. We love them. They're our family. One of my favorite stories, uh, one of my good friends in Nashville, his son was you. His son was away from God, off doing his own thing. And he was talking with another man at our church. And he was um, he was just talking about his son and saying, your kids, you know, kind of have done this. How do you handle this? And so mm-hmm. they're they're praying together with one another. They're walking through things. And, and the older man, uh, who was in his, he's, I think he was in his probably 60s at the time, 50s or 60s, talking to this guy who's in his late 30s, early 40s. And he says, um, he says, I know what you're going through. And he said, um, he said, I think you need to remember they're God's son too. Mm. Um, your son is God's son. God doesn't want him away from him. And God's doing everything he can to win him back. In fact, God loves him more than you do. He said, can you fathom that, that God's working? And he said, the guy, as he's telling me, he's just breaking down crying. He said, I realized I had been that kid. I had been my son. I wanted my son to avoid the things that I went through. But I heard, yeah, I remember God loved me and what God did. And God loves him. And God's going to do stuff. And it's not my job to save him. I can't save him. And God's doing what he can. And I can do what I can. And what God's called me to do is love him and show him the way, but I can't force him. And so it, it melted. And eventually the son, the son came around. The son's in the church. son's very active in his church. He's a leader with um, um, Young Life, yeah. um, being a huge leader, mm. won tons of kids to the Lord, all this kind of stuff once he came back to Christ. Uh, but in those moments, we get so emotionally tied up that we fight so hard that sometimes, like you, you said it, your mom actually pushed you away rather than bringing you closer in that moment. So how do we, how do we avoid that? How do we, how can we, if someone's listening right now, I can, I'm picturing right now, tons of people in our church who have said they're praying for the prodigals, the kids in their family that have, that have gone away or brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who have left and their heart is hurting and they are praying heavily um, for those people. And they're looking for the, the right time to pounce in and say what they need to. Um, and they're listening right now. Go, okay, give me some practical Give me some practical advice. What do I do? What do I do? What would you tell them? So we, you said it. It it has to start with prayer, right? right? So spending time with in prayer and really uh, making sure that God's leading you to do that, to have this conversation because it is fragile a lot of times. I I think that the second thing that that we try to talk through is is checking the doorknobs, find out if they're receptive. Yeah. Right. I, I know sometimes I got to the place where I tuned my mom out, and she was still talking, but I didn't hear anything <laughs> right. she said. Have you ever done that? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so checking the doorknobs is a big deal. And, and what I mean by that is ask questions, uh, maybe just to prime the pump, 
to figure out maybe if they're if not spiritual questions. So sometimes yeah. we want to go into spiritual questions, right? Uh, and, yeah. And that's a first turnoff, right? But but tr- finding out if they're even open to us speaking into their life, right? To help them take a next step. Sometimes taking a next step towards God, what we do, isn't really getting into the Bible. Isn't speaking about truth necessarily, right? But the Holy Spirit sometimes do that, especially if they've been raised in the church or or have any uh, inkling of God, right? As Scripture says, it won't go away void. So so saturate that with, with prayer and the Holy Spirit. Let Him do His work. Create that space for that. But it's more questions around um, trying to find out really where they're at. What what are they feeling? What's going on in their life? And that's that's what I've, I've found to be most um, beneficial, because once you find out that they're receptive, now you can have a meaningful conversation that leads down to a spiritual conversation. That makes that makes a ton of sense. Listening to, um, I've changed some of what I've done. Watching people who look at their kids and tell them, "I'm praying for you." You just need to know. Well, oh, I know you're praying for me. I know you're praying for me. Yeah. Um, and I've watched the reactions long enough. Where I've tried to figure out what in the world's going on. So I found with some of my friends even that are at that place. You know, we'll finish doing stuff. We'll finish talking. I'll say, hey, I'm a preacher. I know you're going to ask me a spiritual question, but here's I'm, I'm going to ask you one of those. But here's the question. Um, if, if you could have God do something in your life, what would it be? Is there something I can, what do you want me to pray for? If you, I'm not going to pray for you what I want to pray. What do you, what do you want? And it, it's been funny to watch the reactions like, what, what do I want? And I'm going, well, you may not have even thought about it. So if you think about it later, let me know. And, and I've had friends call me back later and go, hey, I've thought more about that. Yeah. Here's, here's how you can pray for me. Okay, great, man, I'll do that. And um, some, I've had sometimes I'll, I'll feel led to pray right then. Sometimes I don't. I've had times where I felt like I shouldn't pray and had friends go, are you going to pray now? You go ahead and pray now. Oh, oh okay, if you're comfortable with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So the door's open, but the power of the question of not assuming you know, I know you need Christ, so I'm praying that you find Christ. They don't want Christ right now. Yeah. They don't, or they don't know that they do. Um, but if I ask them, they're going, well, my, my marriage is struggling. Mm. And we find that common ground that we can begin sharing. A lot of times it's the, the struggles that we've had in our past that our story has yeah. that engages or clicks with their stories that enables that, that relationship, that common ground where we can begin to just share life. And then out of that, eventually they start asking the questions. Right. Um, and then I'm going to ask you a trick question, I guess. When people ask you questions, do you always answer their questions or do you give them <laughs> other questions on top of that? Well, most most guys in my groups would probably say I an- I don't answer their questions. I give a question back. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things my wife taught uh, taught me through my boys, she, she uh, homeschooled them, mm-hmm. was critical thinking. Right. We don't have critical thinking anymore, right? We, right? we spoon feed everything. And so even Christians, right, the, the guys will come and they want me to give them the answer. And uh, in reality, they, they already know the answer, but they, they're not, they're maybe afraid to, to go down that road. So, so I, I typically try to uh, respond with a question because um, one of the things I found out where we are today is that uh, – I, I think we're not where we used to be with the gospel, being able to just share it straightforward. When someone asks a question, there's usually a question behind the question yeah, yeah. that you have to ask. So if they ask you a point-blank question, it's usually, 
asking a question behind the question to really get clarification of where that question is coming from. Right. And I, I would say that's a big one for family members as well. As you're asking questions or trying to have a discussion to find out, um, and if they ask you a question, be sensitive to, to see if, the, if there's a question behind the question that they're asking. That's a great one. We're going to end on that one. Thanks for spending a couple of sessions here with us, John. Um, it's been great having you. So for those of you that have been wondering who in the world these guys are, my name is Dale Benson. I'm the lead pastor at the NAS in Grove City, Ohio. Uh, John Ransom has been our guest joining us here on the NAS No Name podcast. And um, John works for Search National. I'm going to ask you again, just tell people if they want to get in touch with you or find out more about how to share their faith or how to get involved even here in Columbus with helping people take their next step toward Christ. How can they get yeah, in touch? The, the best way is they can go to our national website, which is searchnational.org. And on there, it, it shares just a little bit about us, and then they can go and scroll down and, and look for Search Columbus, and they can get in contact me with me there. So that's a great, great ministry to get involved in. And as we, we close out, um, John and I did these conversations all over one day, but we're going to take time to pray for you. Uh, for your life and ministry before you go. And so uh, let's just take a moment to do that. Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had uh, to spend just talking about how to share our faith with others. Uh, Lord, thank you for John, for the ministry that you've given him, for the ways that you work in and through him. And God, um, I pray that for those that were listening uh, to these last two sessions and those that will continue to come up, that they would take the time to seek you to ask you to lead them, to, to put the name of that person that they're praying for, uh, that they need to pray for, into their mind, that they would begin to really seek where you're working in that person's life, and that they would learn, Lord, how to ask the right questions, how to share your faith. Help them to be in your word, that they be prepared for the Holy Spirit to use them in the way that you would see fit. God, I pray that you'd be not only with us as we're in our workplaces and in the places where we go all the time, but be with us as we speak to our family. I know there are many who have loved ones that they would love to see come to know you. So Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we pray for our families, as we pray for, pray for our friends in our neighborhood, um, that you would open our eyes to see where, where the fields are ripe and where they're ready for harvest. And then Lord, that you would show us how to go about that harvesting, how to ask the right questions, how to share the great work that you've done in our lives. Uh, Father, thank you again for John. I pray that you'd be with him and Melissa and their boys, continue to bless them. And uh, Lord, we pray that as, as he's throughout Columbus and the things that he's doing, that many people would come to know you uh, through the ministry that you do in and through him. All these things, Father, we ask and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the NAS Podcast. You can find us on the web at thenaz.church. We look forward to connecting with you.